are you mad? Um, I'm mad at a lot of people right now. Well, here you won't be mad at this. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture of one of the things I got for her. I think you'll like it. Well, you'll probably feel just fine about it. But it relates to our. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's the problem here? I know, right? I yeah, that's a big boy. That's a that's a that's a full theatrical poster. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's the twenty-seven by forty. It's it's quote Jerry. That's your big boy. Yeah, God, I love the hand-drawn stuff they do for his movies. Yeah. Did you see it? Nope. No. No. Well, it won't be a spoiler if she hears this because she already knows about this. Uh, the French Dispatch poster is what we're talking about. Oh man, what? What a picture! Yeah. It's literally what a picture what I that I haven't seen. <laughs> well, you might want to get on it because it's uh, it's pretty high on my list. I hold on. Let me look at my list. I have five movies on my list. <laughs> You just demand to talk about one movie every every two turns. Like you just continue talking about that movie. You're here's like have, here's like yeah. you're like here's what I'm still thinking. <laughs> still at the top of my list because I haven't really watched anything else. I mean, I can think of something that should. I think I can think of two things that should be on your list if they're not. Why isn't it here? Why is, What's oh, that? There it is. There it is. Found it. Okay. Yeah. So I have five, and that's not including, I think, two movies that'll probably end up on my list. Yeah. Well, one's not a movie. One is a one is a, a YouTube video. However, <laughs> I do think there is one. Yeah, I do think there's a couple movies that I'll, I'll probably end up putting on my list. But right now, I just have <laughs> question mark. And then I have because I don't know if I'm going to keep that on my list. I mean, you have three right now that are on mine, so I can take those off for the purposes of. Please let me keep. That's all I got, Ben. Well, don't step on. You know what? Here, if you want to keep. That's fine. But don't step on the best thing I saw this week already. OK, so well, you can edit it out. All right. This one goes up in four hours. You think I'm editing this crap? This is, oh, this is going up as is, baby. That makes me very worried. I've checked through every single one of ours. There's never been one where, like, you've let out, like, something like, you know, as I like to say, showing the real Tyler. Oh, there's no such thing as the real Tyler. I have, I have hidden behind seven different online personas. See, this is this is exactly what I this is exactly what I told I told her today. She was like, she goes, what well, what is this? Like all these little bits you do, I go, oh, there is no real me. It's all just comprised of bits. Uh, and she's like, she's like, stop it. I am encased in a in a in a hall of mirrors. My whole life is a gimmick. I'm pretty much Ric Flair 24/7. My favorite thing is because she hangs everything with pushpins. One of her gifts is just going to be a single nail to hang that. Oh, and you know what I did. Yes. And this is how we'll go into the show. I may have bought her a DVD copy of and that's going to be the first gift she opens. Oh, my God. Ben. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell her, oh, that's where that was. That was supposed to be for me. And then I'm going to take it away from her before she can throw it. 
Okay. That's, you're kneecapping our friendship over here. Oh, no, no. I'm going to put that movie in my collection. I like that movie. She's got the problem with it. All right. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad someone liked it. <laughs> someone on this end of the broadcast. Yeah. 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 I got no problems with it. The more I think about that movie, the more I'm like, man, I'd love that ending because it's so in your fucking face and like yeah. also not. Fuck you. Yeah. What do you want? A, res- a resolution? You, you want resolution? Nah. You know who doesn't give it's... you resolution? Life. And that's what this is. I forget which intro, like which um, pay-per-view it was, but it was like one of the like <laughs> one of the many pay-per-views where it's like are is our Undertaker and Kane enemies or friends, like from like the the mid nineties. And one of the it ended on Will the answers have questions, but will the questions lead to more answers? And that's how I think of like every ending is basically just like that's how that movie ends. It's just like, oh, uh, this ending, it led to more questions. And those answers led to more questions. My fucking dog, dude. I swear to God. It's, it's this. this is, you can't hear him? He, nice. I think it's the podcast. I think he hears you talking and he's like, who the hell is he talking to? No, I think it's less he hears me talking and he's like, who the hell is he talking to? And more of like, mm, he's talking so I can bark and he'll give me treat because I am annoying. Probably just V-trigger him in the head. Like, as you walk by one day. You know, yeah, that's what I need is a dog with brain damage. Okay, just just a one-winged angel. How cute would it be, him a one-winged angel on your shoulders, just fighting, fighting to get off of I your don't shoulders? I think I could. Yeah, sure. You just gotta, I'm trying just to do the mechanics him. in my head of a one-winged angel on a dog. Yeah, you'd need like, you'd need like a golden retriever to do it on. Because the problem with a one-wing angel is is you need someone, the person you're doing it to needs to, like, essentially heave themselves neck first towards the ground. Oh, you have one arm under his butt and you just, you just like, push off of that? You can get him. The problem with a lot of those types of moves is you need the cooperation of the other person. And he won't be cooperating. No, he's a dog. He'll be biting me. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to TWGTF, or as everybody knows it, from the hot springs of a very lonely forest to the very lonely roads of America. This is Two White Guys Talking Film. I am, of course, your host, Ben. And I'm Tyler. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. 129. 129. Um, I do want to say, you missed a trick by not using the gaslight. Gaslight camera. You're right, I didn't. But we'll get into the gaslight. And uh, how... Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, oh yeah. How maybe certain people are gaslighting people in that movie. Probably not. That's Probably, Maybe, I don't, you know. Yeah. Gaslight. Gaslight's a good movie if you've never seen it. <laughs> I was I was talking about... Uh, never mind, we'll, we'll get into it. See, the, mm. the, the movie Gaslight comes from him, the ga- term, it's 
because he's turning the gas lights down and saying she's crazy. Is that what's going on in that movie? Yeah. I've never seen it, so I don't know. It's a good movie. You know what I'm looking at right now, though? A French dispatch poster? No, no. I'm looking at your birthday present. I have a birthday present. I found something that you're either going to be like, you're either going to just think is so funny. Like, I went to a thrift store yesterday and just came across this and I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm just going to send these to him. And I think you're I think you're going to get a lot out of them. And also, I think we can get an episode out of them. It's going to be fucking it's going to be three posters of the John Cassavetti movies together (laughs) to make a fourth poster of a different John Cassavetti movie. That'd be pretty funny. Well, that's very that's very clever if I could pull that off. I, I don't know if I could. I probably could. Yeah. No, no, nothing like that. Have you framed that poster, by the way? Um, you know, framing costs a lot of money, and I will eventually. Um, Michaels, here's the thing. you go to Michaels. You go Denman. to Michaels. I mean, I no. went to Michaels today to frame that poster. It was like 40 bucks. Yeah, I, you know, I'm looking at professional framers, and uh, it's a lot of money. Yeah, that's fair. Getting it measured out and everything, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, well... I guess we shouldn't spend too much more time on framing and everything. We got to talk about the most captivating. Unless we're talking about framing pictures of the movies that we're talking about. (laughs) What was your most captivating thing, you psycho? Okay. um, So Friday, uh, the local theater, um, Hollywood theater, my home theater, um, played a recent restoration of a Iranian film that only ever screened once in the 70s when it was made and then was immediately censored and seized by the Iranian government. Um, it was a little movie called Chess Game of the Wind um, and it got re-released after in 2015 a, the original camera negatives were found just in an Iranian antique shop. I believe in Tehran. Um, and the materials were turned over to the director who got them through the correct channels to the world instant, uh, world, uh, what is it? World cinema restoration team. It's the Martin Scorsese, uh, uh, George Lucas group that does all those like world famous restorations of, Oh, like the, yeah, the film restoration company that they're <laughs> both part of. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, it's a great movie. Uh, it's a movie that only really lived on like VHS for a really long period hmm. of time. Um, and it was like a really terrible source, uh, uh, like VHS copy. Like it really like the color was just shot and you couldn't hear anything, and it was very muddled. And so the fact that this movie. Uh, exists again and was restored and was re-released is kind of a miracle. Um, it was pretty much considered a lost film for the most of its life. Um, with, like I said, like a really bad uh, VHS copy that I think was like missing moments in it. I don't know. So yeah, anyway, um, the movie's like a family rivalry. It's kind of king lear-esque um and i just it's you know just uh, the being able to go to a movie theater and have an old 70s iranian movie from like the iranian wave play it's pretty cool 
Um, it's what every boy of it's what every boy of twenty something wants. That's, that's what yeah, they all want. This is what a boy wants, man. That's what that movie was uh, about. What a man wants. The remake. Yes. Of what a, a woman wants. Well, speaking of what a woman wants, unless you have anything more to say on. Uh, it's good, and if it gets a wide release before we do our best of, you know, we think Nudge Nudge might be on there, because technically it was released in 2021. <laughs> Fuck you. And how the hell is Ben supposed to see it? I said if it gets if it gets a wide release, i.e. gets up on a streaming service, yeah. gets up on a VOD service, gets a, gets a Blu-ray... Someone's a little testy tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I don't think I don't testy. think he's had his I don't think he's had his daily hug from Naomi. Can we bring Naomi in to give you a hug? <laughs> work has been work was rough today. I mean, yeah, work has yeah, been rough the last. Work two days. A, you work in a service industry around the holidays. Nothing is worse than that. No, either. it's not even that. It's uh, I'll tell you off that. Okay. <laughs> I opened my store alone this morning because, like, the person who oh, was supposed to be there did Sunday? show up. On a sun, yeah. So like, I opened. I had to open alone for the first thirty minutes until the next person came in, and I was just like, um, so no one showed up to open with me. So can you do the opening stuff? I'm very sorry. Uh, you're like fucking fuck kill me. I was. I'm so angry. I'm. I'm gonna person, send you. I'm gonna send you a there? meme. What? Does that person still work there? Yeah. No. Uh, what happened is it was just a mix-up from her boss. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Um, okay. And plug this movie's name one more time. Uh, Chess Game of the Wind. That is a wild title. When you said that, I was like, it's a made-up movie. No, movies never existed. Chess Ladies Game of the Wind. Tyler is back on his bullshit. It really does sound like it. Well, as much as you are back on your bullshit, I have to be back on my bullshit. And... Tyler, I need you to look it up. I need you to Google it. I need you to check to make sure. Yeah, that's fair. That I am at my limit, too. I, I know exactly how you're <laughs> feeling. The very funny meme you just sent me. It's Hello Kitty with her eyes closed. That's both of us right now. But as I said, as you are much on your bullshit, I am back on my bullshit. Um, it's time to talk, Tyler, because it's here. It's arrived and it's going to be on the best of the year list but we're gonna start it here now because i remembered i saw this last week house of motherfucking gucci uh, and let me tell you something tyler you want to hear something even scarier than that are you ready for something even scarier than that and you can look yes. it up you can fact check it you can see if this is one of the signs of, of the coming apocalypse I think it's time to give Jared Leto a second Oscar. <laughs> oh, no. he got one. All right. No, no, dude. This this performance is like legit the reason he should have he should win an Oscar. He's so fucking good in this movie, dude. Everyone is so fucking good in this movie. Like Lady Gaga has proven it's not just a one off. Like she has proven that like just because she did a movie where she played a Lady Gaga like figure that like she can't act. She is deeply unlikable in this movie. Who, Lady Gaga? Deeply unlikable? No. against Lady Gaga. I'm just saying, she grew up rich, so... Well, yeah, but I mean, like, she, like, she, she's at least playing it very well. Um, it's, it's another good work with, uh, both Scott and Driver, too. They, they put on two really good movies this year. 
Oh, and I'll say it, we get a full Al Pacino moment. All right, I'm sold. Not everything else, but you'll you'll wait nearly two hours for that Al Pacino moment. Listen, not too many Al Pacino moments left, all right? That's true. You got to get them where you get them. Oh, and they also make Jeremy Irons' skeleton do a nice job as well. Man. He looks so old. I mean, that's what you get for being in Lolita, all right? <laughs> yeah? Is that what yeah. you get? The fucking monkey paw curse just curled and was like... Oh. Yeah, just two years for every one. <laughs> oh, he's looking at... He's no spring chicken like he was in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, it's good. Is... It's a good movie, dude. We're going to talk about it more, but I mean, I, I fucking thoroughly enjoyed two and a half hours of that movie. Oh, man, God damn it, dude. I swear to God, if your fucking list has two goddamn Ridley Scott movies. It does not. It does not. It does <sighs> not. I'm I'm actually very excited to have that conversation because I think I've got uh, I think I've got like a real defense for him now. Like I haven't really had one before, but like I'm now on the we don't talk crap about <laughs> Ridley Scott in this household. Oh, oh, man. But I love talking crap about Ridley Scott. Well, no, you can talk about Ridley Scott. That's your house over there. I'm just okay. saying, I'm just saying in the concept of me, it's like, no, I like Ridley Scott. And I know I like Ridley Scott. Is he as good as other Scots? Perhaps not. But I really like some of the stuff he does. Like some of his movies are very interesting. Okay, I just learned what the last duel is about. Yeah, maybe. All right. <laughs> <coughs> well, here's my fifteen. So I'm not taking I'm not taking two off of there for you. Did I just get a text message? Sorry, my foot vibrated, and I was like, "Huh? Am I having a stroke?" Am I having a stroke? Yeah, you did get a text message. Well, yeah, House of Gucci. Like, guys, if you haven't seen it, I don't think... I'll say this, too. It's nearly two and a half hours long. That movie really, like, moves quickly for two and a half hours. And you know what? Best review I can give it. My dad looked at me as it was ending, and he goes, I got more out of that than I thought I was going to. I swear to God, if I watch The Last Duel and it ends up on my list and not yours, I'm going to be furious. With who? Good filmmaking that you enjoyed? With the universe. <laughs> Did you not know what the last duel was about? Yeah, I just learned that it was your jump. It's not your jump. It's Rashomon. So I'm yeah, like, dude, I love watch. Matt I love Damon Rashomon play. stories. I, I know, dude. Matt Damon plays the most unlikable human you've seen in a while. That's um pretty easy. Because he is Matt Damon, so you know he's already he's already there. You think Matt Damon's unlikable? Yeah. <laughs> really, I've never gotten that. I always think he can play likable. You remember Interstellar when like? Oh Matt yeah, yeah. Like he's capable. And I'm like, he's oh, he's the worst. Oh, like, he's that capable wasn't just of because it. He's capable of it. It's because like, oh, I hate him. <laughs> Get out of here. Got some, you've got some weird hatred towards certain actors that I'm not quite sure about. Listen, he's no, he's no, um, 
he's no uh, the guy who looks like him. You know what I'm talking about? Jesse Plemons. Yes. So Jesse Plemons. Matt Damon is, like, is Messy Plemons. So Je- so Jesse Plemons is like if you distilled all the hate turned down from Matt Damon into like a pure form. So I think what happened is on the set of Friday Night Lights, Matt Damon split into two separate personalities. One was Jesse Plemons. One was Caleb Landry Jones. And all the good went into Jesse Plemons and all the evil attributes went into Caleb Landry Jones. Oh, uh, you are too funny. Well, moves us on and it's episode 129. So we're we're looking back at our at our former Mount Rushmore's. Sure are. Back. It's it's it's, it's your intro. I know. I'm doing a thing. Oh. Looking way back there to like 70, right? Yeah, I think it was seven. No, 70 is 70? I don't have my phone near me. Is 70? I think 70's Lynch. Okay. Way back. So 80? 80? 60? Well, somewhere in there. One of them's. Um <laughs> it ended in a zero. That much we know. We know that much. Uh, looking way back there to one of our old, old Mount Rushmore's, the Mount Rushmore of Kelly Record, in a movie that I really love, that Ben seemed to not like nearly as much, the 2006 feature Old Joy. Um, I should probably look up Old Joy before I do the intro, right? Yeah. Is all of this going in there? Are you going to like cut it down a little bit? I mean, I'll probably listen through quickly and, like, make some executive decisions. Cut out some of me searching for... All right. 2006 Old Joy is a road movie uh, based off a short story of longtime collaborator Jonathan Raymond. I believe it is their first collaboration. Um, They would go on to collaborate, I think, with almost every movie she's done since. Based in my hometown, now, currently, of Portland, Oregon... It follows two men, Will Audham and Daniel London, as they go to a Cascade mountain range in shirts of a Bagby Hot Springs. Featuring an original soundtrack by one of my favorite bands, Yola Tango, a soundtrack that was included on the great album They Shoot, We Score, the, of course, 2006 micro-feature Old Joy. in distress. Yeah. Tanya calls it separation anxiety. She does hate to be left out. Hi. Mm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Hey, how far are we from Bagby Hot Springs? Oh, you're real close. I think. I've never been there, but it's around here somewhere, maybe 10 miles away. We might have a little map printout in the back. I'll check for you. Great. And I'll bring you some coffee while you're looking at the menus. Great. This is better anyway. Now we won't be rushed. We can take our sweet time.
Need more time? Nope. All right. Hey, hang on a sec. Could I get two scrambled eggs, dry toast, and sausage? Um, yeah, before my call comes, could I get uh, the same as my friend, please, mm -hmm. except bacon instead of sausage uh -huh. and no dry toast. All right. Wet toast, please. Very good. Not too wet. Just make it damp. Make it... I know. I know. I'm sorry. Well... Well, he thought he knew where it was, but, you know, remember who we're dealing with. I don't know. Apparently, we're closing in on it. Did you do anything last night? Yeah, she's fine. Okay. We're super close. I never doubted you, man. This is where we're going. This is where we are? Awesome. What's a micro feature? I meant to say micro budget feature, but I just said micro feature. Um, okay. Okay. Interesting. You know, I have broken through on old joy. Yeah. This is a movie about the end of a relationship. Yeah, it's like a breakup movie, but the the people who are breaking up are the friendship. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. It's it's. Pretty incredible to think about. This is the movie about the ending of a friendship, and I won't go into it, but I think I know why I kind of broke through this movie because of moments in my life recently. So, yeah, it's where two people are just kind of going in separate directions, and neither of them, I think, is really willing to admit it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think there's like an unspoken tension throughout this entire movie. I mean, there is an unspoken tension throughout this entire movie. Um, and I think you have these moments, the movie, like, okay, so the movie immediately sets it up so that, um, essentially you understand that these two people are going off in different directions. Like they have different lifestyles. Um, and you have. One man who I believe, let me look, I can pull up that cast list again. You have um, Daniel London, who's like essentially settling down in Portland, has a, a like a wife or a fiance or like a live in girlfriend, and they're having a kid. And it's kind of like he settled into like a more modern routine of life. 
And then you have Will Aldham, who is more wild, who's kind of having a much more um, vagabond-style lifestyle, which I think you kind of get the sense that, like, Mark, who is Daniel London, kind of envies Kurt's lifestyle and kind of wants to get back into that, like, mm-hmm. vagabond uh, style, like, smoking weed, hanging out with friends, talking about philosophy. Um, you get a sense that he kind of, like, longs for that, but slowly over the course of the film, he kind of he kind of realizes, like, that's not my life anymore. And, like, in order to, to like, you know, like, this is, like, the last great hurrah of this old friendship. Yeah, this this feels like <clears throat> it's going out, like, they're trying to go out. And, like, I don't think they even know they're going out with a bang. But, like, in a way, subtly, I think both of them do know this is, like, the final time. Because he's about to have a child. The other guy is just kind of like, no, I still want to keep doing this the rest of my life. And that's fine. Like, that's the thing. Sometimes you come to a crossroads in terms of like what happens mm-hmm. like sometimes you come to the crossroads in terms of what happens in a friendship and that's nobody's fault it's just it's kind of how it is but i think what makes this movie work is it it is just the two men who are just mm-hmm. kind of like hanging out um and you you get the sense that like both of them kind of realize uh, it's it's over, you know? Like, the movie is, is suffocating in its, like, sound design. I think it really you get is. a lot of, you get a lot of, like, Mark, like, listening to talk radio, and you kind of get this sense of just, like, sound pollution, and, like, your ears constantly being pulled in, like, multiple directions. Even when um, you're out in nature, too. Yeah. Um, and then you but just it's, these, it's like, less long, chaotic. Lingering it's, silences. Yeah, it's very strange. It's amazing, too, that this movie covers so much in an hour and 13 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get all of it in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, you really, really do, don't you? Because there's only really two characters. Well, that's not true. There's a third character. There is a third character. There is yeah. the um, uh, Mark's. You can't tell if it's if it's his wife or they don't really say anything. Um, I I don't know if there's a shot of his wedding ring. I'm trying I'm trying to think if if there's like a any benchmarking for that. But his um, you know baby mama, and like you get this lingering sense that that is kind of the anchor. Uh, for him um, he's constantly having to check in like early on he basically is he, he says to Kurt like I you know gotta check in to make sure that I can go sort of um, I think it's great because it's like clearly like unspoken that like she does not want him to leave no <laughs> but like no. can't cross the boundary of being like no don't go so there's like this silent resentment and so not only do you get her silent resentment, you kind of get, like, Mark feeling like this has to be worth it. So it puts a lot of, like, weighty expectations on this, like, re- this like weekend getaway. Yeah, it really, really does. And it's funny you said the wife. That's not even who I was talking about. Before she got a starring role, you have, mm. um, you have Lucy. My girl Lucy. 
Yeah, little pup Lucy is in this movie, and she's the oh, cute little dog who hangs out with them the whole time. Yeah. Um, Reichardt must have loved working with her to put her in the next movie. Uh, well, I mean, that is actually her dog, so... No, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm keeping up the kayfabe, like the dog has a career. Oh, the dog has a... yeah. The, the dog... The dog... She loved... She loved the death scenes, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. I get to lay down, they give me treats for laying down, it's the best job ever. It just it cuts to the dog in, like, an interview, and it's just like... I know I just love making people cry, you know. Just like if I can know that I touch somebody's hearts back at home, you know, just like just you know, it's worth it. Has a cigarette and it's in like a like a turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I think acting is all about bringing people somewhere, and I like to bring them to that place every chance I get. Those wolves you hear, those aren't for me. Those are for everyone else out there in viewership land. Um. <laughs> Yeah, just the idea of it smoking a cigarette is so funny to me. But yeah, they go off on this little kind of camping trip slash like looking for these hot springs. And it's immediately like you can kind of tell like there was a rhythm there at one point between these two guys. But it's really just like both of them have changed the way they play their instruments. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, something caught my eye. And um, can you repeat what you said? What I was saying was, it seems like both of these guys had a rhythm with each other, the way you do with friends in your life. And it seems like that rhythm has completely changed. It almost feels like they're playing different instruments now and they can't quite get into that sync. Like, it seems like all the little things that would bother him about him, like, are things that used to be like, oh, those are funny little eccentricities. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, all these moments where you're just like, oh, like, what would have been a long lengthy conversation is now just like a curt mm -hmm. and brief um like toss off and i i i think i think the the that's just like the heart of the movie is like just these moments where you're just like oh is that like lightning gonna strike where you're like oh this is why you know we had such a good friendship yeah um, and it just, like, never does, which I think is why the movie can be such a fucking long bummer, <laughs> um, is because you're, like, you're kind of, like, anticipating that rhythm coming back, and then it never does, and then at the end, you're kind of just, like, you're bumming around Portland in front of Laurel Hurst Theater, you know? Yeah, that's right, this is a Portland movie, so you probably it's were seeing movie. stuff that you knew, that you knew. Yeah, it's Rikard. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Never forget the power of a movie that makes you sit up in your chair and do the Leonardo DiCaprio uh, point thing. It's funny you do that because she sent me one today, and it just said men, and it just said men in the um in the eighteen hundreds, and it just said witch. <laughs> Which I was like, I was like, that's good. That's like really funny. Oh, you could superimpose like a pilgrim hat onto Leo, like that joke plays. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's it's a shame, too, because you hate to see this because, you know, there was something there. That's the other thing. Despite this movie being very short, she really does make you feel like these two people have known each other a long time. Yeah, you, there's like I said, there's there's a rhythm to their conversation that you get accustomed to. And so, like, you are kind of bummed out that it doesn't work out. It's, you know, 
it's kind of like seeing a great romance um in the third uh like the third act where you, you want them to get together but they don't um it kind of feels like that but for like uh, two buddies well it's like they skipped right ahead to before midnight mm-hmm. like you don't even get the before sunset and before uh what was the first one Sunrise? Yeah, before sunrise and before sunset, you don't even get those. You just get that really awkward before midnight. I mean, yeah. God, I almost I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what to say about this movie. Um What I also think have, is interesting is there's yeah. no blow up. You kind of expect it to kind of go either way. You kind of expect there to be like this big blow up. But both people just sort of just eat their emotion. That's true, because, you know, kind of like the, you know, and the thing is, like, this reminds me of the movie Sideways in a lot, except you're right. There is no, like, that giant, like, final moment where you're like, well, these two guys' lives are irrevocably changed because they finally had it out and said what they need to say. But, like, this one, no, you're right. It's just kind of like, well, I guess I'll see you around, but, like, not in the same capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, I don't know. I think I think in a in the time period where this indie movie would have been in kind of it's like with its contemporaries, I feel like there would have been a need for like that moment of like a huge lashing out or like some sort of like emotional catharsis and the movie just decides to not do that. Like the movie just sort of kind of walk like goes away and goes a different direction and yeah i really love i I don't know i just love i love the just the lo-fi vision of this movie of just two bros having a bad time (laughs) yeah it's kind of what this movie's about Uh, both of them are really good too like i don't Mm -hmm. know their names because i'm not near my phone but both of them give like really solid performances And it's weird to say, too, like you said, I think back on the Wes Anderson Mount Rushmore, you said that like Bottle Rocket is his most Wes Anderson movie and yet is not. That's kind of how I feel about Old Joy with her. Mm -hmm. Like this is her most Kelly Reichardt movie, but in the same sense, it's not because it's so scaled back. So like Mm -hmm. it almost works better for it. I mean, like, I feel like, so I feel like with, like, you know, like, yeah, Old Joy kind of feels like somewhere between Rivers, of, like, okay. Bottle Rocket, I think I call the most Wes Anderson movie because it just, it feels like unfettered imagination by someone who doesn't quite have the tools to do exactly what they want. So... Mm-hmm it's kind of like a messy version of, of, of name any Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. This feels like a Wendy and Lucy or like certain women, but like very scaled back and very restrained within it's like meager budget or maybe even like first cow. Maybe first cow is a better example where it's just, it feels like there's a lot of space and texture trying to figure out about their like lives and friendships and stuff like that. But like, 
the budget is so limited and like the time space is so limited that like it can really only be about these two guys it can really only be about like driving in this like shitty car um and i think it just makes i don't know i just think it makes the texture of the movie just so much greater interesting yeah i guess it does too like and like I said, like these two guys give wonderful performance. The guy who who's the guy who's um the one who's not really looking to have a kid and kind of be kind of Will be more of a free uh, Will Oldham. He's really Will good. Oldham. Will Oldham gives like an incredible performance in this. Like he's I don't know if that dude's musician. ever been anything else, but man, man, does he deserve to to hold on to like hold on to just like kind of one of the key people who I think like really established of like what you can do with a Kelly Reichardt part. Um, he's a, a musician by trade. So really he had done films. Yeah. He, he's, he's in like mate one, which is like the great, um, like one of his earliest roles is, is in a great, uh, uh John sales movie. Um, he's in, he's uncredited in Julian donkey boy, but like, He's uh, he's himself in Jackass 3D, so you know he's been around. <laughs> of course, he's um, in Jackass 3D. That makes no sense. But he's released music under Palace Brothers, and I think most importantly, I think what is kind of considered like his claim to fame is um, Bonnie Prince Billy. Um, hmm. Albums like I See a Darkness, which is kind of I don't know if it's folky. Let me see. Um, yeah, it's like an indie folk. What's the name of that album? Uh, I See a Darkness by Bonnie Prince Billy. Hold on a second. I just hear CDs flipping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing because I have CDs. Oh my god, is this that guy? <laughs> Holy shit, I think it is. This is so fucking crazy. I think I've heard this guy before and I had no idea it was him. You're going to tell me that you like sat next to him while he was playing a show or something? <laughs> no. No, that's that'd be, that'd be terrible. I see darkness. No, I want it by Bonnie Prince Billy. Yeah, I have the song I See Darkness, actually. That's that's so crazy. Wow. I, I've heard that someone someone turned me on to him years ago. It might have been Greg, actually, who is a fan of the movie Old Joy. So that might make a lot of sense. <laughs> Everything's coming full circle. <laughs> Up is down. Black is white. Our pets heads are falling off. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty insane. Wow, that's wild. That is so crazy. Huh? Well, look at that. I knew who that guy was before he was that guy. It was just some rink-a-dink actor. To be fair, that album came out years before the movie. No, I said he was a -a rink-a-dink actor. What do you call it, though? I really did enjoy this a lot more, like, than the last time I watched it. It's taken a couple of times, but I think the older you get, the more Old Joy kind of makes more sense to you, the way, like, the older you get, Stand By Me makes a lot more sense to you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Because it's weird. It's a movie like it's a movie that you can reflect on almost at any time in your life because it's a movie about the end of things. And every time we've all dealt with the end of things, like no matter how old you are. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's definitely one of those where it's just like it feels like. It it really feels like a great movie about the way that men will avoid talking about their feelings. (laughs) Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And do you have a favorite scene? Oh, uh, uh, I mean, the, the the big set piece is like the 20 minutes where they're at the actual hot spring. And it's just a bunch of different ways for them to like a, talk at each other, but like not actually talk at each other. Yeah, it is pretty great, isn't it? Let's see. Yeah, that is maybe the best scene because you're just never quite sure what's going on there. Because the first time I watched it, I was like, part of me like was like, is this guy into this other guy? And then like as I've gone on, I'm like, no, he's just trying anything to keep this friendship revived. And I think it's at that point even he knows now it's over. Yeah, I think by the end of it, it's like, mm, well, we tried, I suppose. Yeah, we at least gave it our all. Like well, I said, it's a fucking bummer, but the movie's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really, really is. Oh, yeah, it is a bummer, isn't it? It's a great bummer. It's a both, great of bummer. The, both of these movies are kind of a bummer, aren't they? Well, Inside Lewin Davis is definitely a bummer. Yeah, but unlike that, this doesn't feel like this is their fault. Inside Lewin Davis feels like the bummer's on him, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think this one, it's kind of like nobody's fault. Like, you feel really feel like... It's, it's time. I mean, time. just like it's, it's two people fault. just grew apart. Yeah. It ends super amicably, though. Yeah, it kind of, you know, they just kind of like, eh, we gave it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we totally, Without totally saying did. that they gave it a shot. Exactly. What do you, what would be your elevator pitch for this? My elevator pitch for this is um, Kelly Record is one of the greatest living directors of all time. Um, and this is, in my opinion, one of her best movies. So, you know, probably want to see that, right? Okay. And what would you... Oh, I guess no, that's my question, isn't it? That's your question, dog. What do you pair this with? Wait, was the elevator pitch mine too? Eh. Whatever. Hmm. What would I pair this with? Yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. What would I pair this with? Man. You know, actually, Sideways. I would love to pair this with Sideways. Just like two movies kind of about the end of friendships, but in just much like one's just like a very sad movie, but the other's like kind of a funny comedy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Sideways, I don't, I haven't seen Sideways since it, like, came out, so I don't really know how I feel about it anymore. It's a good movie. It's a good movie, actually. It's got a lot. Yeah, I really, 
Yeah, I think I think the performance by Paul Giamatti is really, really strong. And I'll say this. I think it's a once in a career performance by Thomas Hayden Church. I think Thomas Hayden Church is so funny in that movie. Like he got nominated for that one, right? He did. And he absolutely should have been. He's really strong. And I think they both did. I think the only person who wasn't nominated was Sandra Oh out of the main four. That is a shame. No, Sandro kind of sucks in everything she does. She's mildly okay inside. You need to stop that right now. Why? Why is that? Sandro is great. In what? I'm not going to dignify that with a response because I got to go charge my fucking laptop. Give me a second. charging i'm looking up vendetta showtimes looking up what vendetta what's vendetta you the fucking the new the new paul verhoeven movie is there a new paul verhoeven movie this paul verhoeven yeah I, I don't know this dude i don't really verhoeven's not a guy i really follow post 2000s it's the nun movie the Nun movie? What are you talking you, wait, about? You don't, You're saying... follow, you don't follow Verhoeven post 2000s? Like, you know, like there's like there's a place where he just kind of falls off for me. Like, I have a little oh. blind spot for him there. Why? What should I be watching out of Verhoeven? Well, hold on. We're not getting into this. Actually, no, you know, nice, nice fucking try. Actually. Actually, nice fucking try. You didn't answer my question. What is Sandro good in? Oh, okay. I'll tell you what Sandro is good in. There's a great 90s movie, um, uh, like a Canadian movie, that is a, uh, what's it called? I need to look it up. I'm looking it up, all right? Um, Last Night, from 1998. Mm-hmm. She's writing it. Um, it is a apocalyptic black comedy movie directed by Don McKellar. Um, it is a movie where, like, essentially, like, it's New Year's and it's also the end of the world. Um, she is, I think she's good in Sideways. I also think she's good in Hard Candy. She's in Hard Candy for like two minutes. Like, I don't yeah, know if that's enough. You can be, go- you can be good in two minutes. I'm, I'm, um, I'm not saying you can. I just, I've always thought she's kind of mid. Like, I'm not thinking she's bad in anything. She's just always kind of mid in movies for me. I've never um, really gotten anything like out of her. People oh, people claim that Killing Eve bullshit is great, but I've seen like four episodes and I'm like, meh. Have you seen Catfight? No, I've heard of Catfight and I've heard good things. Is she in Catfight? Yeah, Catfight's fun. Yeah, yeah, she's the she's like one of the stars of Catfight. Oh, I'll be she dying. is the star of Catfight. So, Ooh, Catfight. Uh, yeah, I remember this poster. I remember being intrigued by it, but I never saw it. There last night. Interesting. No, no, Catfight. Oh, Catfight, yeah. Catfight, yeah. Ooh, Catfight. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Uh, final question would be, what do you give this? I give this 
Um, I think I gave it the first time I saw it four and a half stars, and I think I'm going to stay with four and a half stars. I think this has moved up from three and a half to four. I really enjoyed this. Like to hear that. I like to yeah. hear that. Yeah, I like this a lot. This this brought me some joy. Uh, no pun intended, but some old joy. Sure, if <laughs> quote to quote George, if that helps you. Uh, <laughs> I fucking saw that well, Seinfeld episode about the loony guy with the with the the art the art house freak or whatever his name is. <laughs> art house goon. Yeah, the art house goon, and I'm like, yeah, I'll be our house goon. <laughs> You kind of remind me of him, too, and it turns out he's just a 15-year-old boy who who just wants to date Elaine because she can get him booze and stuff. I'm like, that's totally Tyler. I was right this whole time. Yeah, that does sound like me. Uh, we have the same taste in videos. Did he send you the um, the pause button on our, on our, on our remote? <laughs> he's wearing it as a necklace. That might be my favorite moment. Look um, how far it goes back like a tooth. So, uh, just so you know, um, I think this is my favorite, like my favorite trivia for any movie ever. Um, it's on the old joy IMDb and it's in order to finance this film, Kelly Reichert had to work on a full season of America's next top model. And I, I kind of want to know which season. Now we cut back to that same Leo meme of it just saying when Tyler recognizes this is clearly the season Kelly Reichardt worked on. <laughs> oh, anything outside you're like, there it is. Uh, well, it takes us out of one sad, one uh, supposedly bummer movie into what is probably confirmed by both of us as a bummer movie. For, for sure a bummer movie. Um, let me pull up the film. As soon as you type that double L, baby, it just pops up. You hit inside, you type double L, and it's like, I know what you're talking about. I can never spell that fucking name to save my life. I just gotta hit the two L's, baby, and it knows, what it's, it knows know. where to go. It's like Lewin. That's yeah. One name has that name. From 2013, set in 1961... This film follows Lewin Davis, who's played by Oscar Isaac in his breakthrough role as a folk singer struggling to achieve musical success while keeping his life in order. Written and directed and edited and produced by Joel and Ethan Cohen, this features a entourage and all-star cast featuring Carrie Mulligan, John Goodman, F. Murray Abraham, Adam Driver, and the one and only Justin Timberlake. Though Lewin Davis is a fictional character, it is probably inspired by Dave Van Rolk and his autobiography and his trips being through 60s New York. The beautiful, wonderful, depressing, sad miscalculations inside Lewin Davis.
Hang me, oh hang me I'll be dead and gone Hang me, oh hang me I'll be dead and gone Wouldn't mind the hanging But the laying in the grave so long all around Cape Jerdo, parts of Arkansas. All around Cape Jerdo, parts of Arkansas. I got so goddamn hungry, I could hide behind a straw. Poor boy, been all around this world. Went up on the mountain There I made my stand Went up on the mountain There I made my stand A rifle on my shoulder And a dagger in my hand Poor boy, been all around The rope around my neck Hang me up so high Put the rope around my neck They hung me up so high The last words I heard them say Won't be long now for you to die Poor boy, been all around this world never new and it never gets old and it's a folk song. You and Mikey used to do that song. Yeah. Or you were some mess last night. Yeah, sorry, Poppy, I'm an asshole. I don't give a shit. It's just music. Your friend is out back. My friend? Said he was a friend of yours. Guy in a suit. This movie's done something I think that no other movie actually has done. Yes. It's very interesting because this movie has not only gotten now on a potential Mount Rushmore candidate, 
It's also now been featured on the show, and it was also on one of our best of the decade list. So this movie really is certified like a movie we like. I yeah, think it's the first um, ever. I think it's the first to ever do it. Triple Crown winner. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely um, it's definitely pulled off all three of those. If it could have gotten on the Mount Rushmore, that's the only way it could go higher. Yes. Um, did you was who's who's best of the decade I think it was, was, it, was mine. It? I think it was mine because that at one point. Sense. I believe the joke you told on the podcast was I informed Ben at one point he didn't have a Coen Brothers movie on this list, and then he immediately panicked and went for Inside Lewin Davis, which is 100% <laughs> correct. I did. I was like, I don't have a Coen Brothers movie on this decade? That's blasphemy. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a very us thing to, to have happen. Um Sorry, I just saw something so incredibly cursed. Um, Was it the movie Cursed? It, oh, man, what a bad movie. Oh, gosh, jeez. We watched it over Halloween, and she was like, she was like, this is really bad. Why are we watching this? I'm like, I don't know. I wanted to see if Tyler was still right or, was right, or if I changed my mind. You you were right, by the way. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not good. It's fun. It's not good. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It's it's interesting because you're like, mm, you know, Wes, I see what you're doing. This is really bad, though. Yeah, exactly. You're also like, I don't well, think it's your fault, Wes. I don't think it's your fault. Really? Yeah, yeah I guess you're right. I guess, yeah. It's Dimension yeah, you're right, Films, it Weinsteins. Yeah. yeah, you're right. We did talk about this. Well, <sighs> Inside Lewin Davis. I gotta be honest with you, Tyler. I don't see a lot of money here. <laughs> we watched That's the roughest. text message last night, and oh. she just texted me. She goes, "That is rough," and I was like, "Yeah, right." I just put on that so performance. Fucking mean, dude. And he gets told no. Yeah. Oh, he brings some of it on himself. I, I'm not going to defend Oscar Isaac's 100 percent here. Some of it. Some of it is like what did you think was going to happen? But like, there's other things where it's just like, that's just awful luck. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. The recording on what is very clearly a shitty novelty song and being like, I'll just take the money, like the surefire money. Cause I need it right now. And then having that song fucking blow up. Could you fucking imagine? Oh, I'd be so, I'd be furious. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you're like, oh, come on, really? He He's a dick, but he doesn't deserve that. Also, too, I picked up on a new fucking wrinkle this time around. There's a chance that that kid isn't even his because it now gets broken into three different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's kind of mm -hmm. the worst person. <laughs> you know, she, it's she's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, if you go like, who's the most terrible then you're just you're bound for trouble well no 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 we're not going for most terrible but it's like like that scene okay so let's let's start this off lewin davis is a folk singer who is making music in the in the new york 60s folk scene i would say right before it's about to go supernova mm -hmm. well right before it becomes the bob dylan show yeah exactly 
Um, it's and, still, I think at the time when it is coming, like when, when Lou and Davis is kind of like starting, um, or like when he's like picked up his steam, it's, it's like a big deal. But the thing is, is it's, you know, kind of, it's, it's not fallen off, but it, there's about to be one person that, uh, that, uh, it becomes the whole thing. You know what I mean? Oh Yeah. It's kind of incredible, too. And I'll say this. I said this to her last night over text message. I this is like I think this was on my list for Coen Brothers. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, um, I want to say it was because it was on my best of the decade. Yeah, I would say it was probably you. I don't keep my lists because um, neither I'm do a I. Terrible person. Well, no, also um, we have them in perpetuity on the podcast. That's true. We could always just if we were if we were a podcast making any form of money, we would be going back and researching to remember who did what. But you know, yeah, yeah. yeah but until it until it starts paying us, we're we're gonna we're gonna do the bare minimum effort here. And Late, that's ladies and gentlemen, I remember. we are not trying. <laughs> no, no, we're trying. We're just we're not trying in the sense of research, because most of the time we have that stuff off the cuff that we can come to. I'll say this: what I was saying was this. This is probably my fourth, because I think it was number four. This is probably my fourth favorite Coen Brothers. This may have my favorite opening to a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, yeah. Hang hang Me, Oh, Hang Me is such a way to start a movie. Like, and also kind of perfectly exemplifies what this movie is going to be about for this character. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The movie is such a good at setting its own tone. I mean, it's a Coen Brothers movie, so, like, of course it's going to be able to set its own mm-hmm. tone. But, like, it's good at just kind of just, it, ugh, just like, setting the table. Like, it just sets it so well. And you're like, oh, this guy, uh, he's he's fucked. <laughs> well, like, this guy, not just he... That, though. Go ahead. Has there ever been a more snake-bitten man? Jeffrey Lebowski, I guess, is about oh, the only one true. I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. In a world of shaggy dogs, I think Jeffrey Lebowski still remains the shaggiest. But yeah, like everything that can kind of happen to this guy happens to him. And like I said, the opening of this movie is just him playing this song, which is, I think, what we're going to come out of, which is just this absolutely beautiful song. And the first words you hear him say that aren't sung are, he goes, you probably ha- you probably heard that one before because it was never new and it never got sold and it's a folk song. Like, that kind of sums up his whole attitude towards everything he does, which is, I'm doing this because I'm good at it, but no one else seems to see that. But you're like, he's like an asshole who keeps, you know, alienating himself. Oh, yeah, himself. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he totally is. And the other thing I love about this movie is it is... The movie should have his name in the title because the movie does not have him not on screen at any point for the most part. But Mm. I love how everyone else gets to come into this movie and kind of play for like five or so minutes. And like he just kind of gets to play off of them. This is truly a star making performance for him, too. Yeah. 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 It's the movie where you're like, man, that, that guy's good. You know, like, who's that guy? That guy's good. Yeah, I, she she texted me also last night, and she said, you know, I know I've got a wrestling husband and a TV husband. She goes, but he could be my film husband, and I was like, good to know. I'm I'm glad you're I'm glad you're planning this. Like, 
you should show her the five minutes he shows up in uh in Subrubicon. <laughs> which no, I'll show her the five minutes he like, shows up in uh Sucker Punch. We'll stop oh, that shit God. right there. Ooh. Um, I just think about how he he like shows up in Subrubicon and you're just like, oh, Oscar Isaac's in this, and then he's immediately out. Of it. Yeah, you're like, oh, that was quick. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, he was a lightning bolt that was fun to watch for five seconds, yeah. but George Clooney said no. God, that movie is really bad. That's that written by the Coen Brothers too. It is. That movie might be one of the worst of the of the decade. <laughs> Whoops, hold on one second. Maybe not worse, maybe just least enjoyable. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'll say this, like, I own it, because, you know, I own every George Clooney movie because I have a problem. Why? Why, George? I don't know. I think you've told me this before, and every time I'm just like, why the fuck would you own every George Clooney movie? Because I loved Confessions of a Dangerous Mind and Good Night and Good Luck when they came out, and I was like, well, I'm on this dude's train now. I gotta see where his career goes. Because I think he has a very interesting directing career. They're progressively getting worse, but, like, I still find some of his stuff interesting. I heard the most recent, like, one of the most more recent ones. um... Midnight Sky or the other one? Midnight Sky is is like fine. Yeah, I've heard that too. I that's actually one it's... I don't think I've seen or own. But hey, oh, good, look at good. it this way. In terms of my obsession, I did just buy Nightcrawler, Roman J. Israel Esquire, and uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. So oh, at man, least if two you, of those if you, moves. If you haven't seen, what? if you haven't seen uh, uh, Jay's home, the Esquire one. Roman J. Esquire. Oh, I've seen it. So I've seen good. it. And it's weird. I had this thought when I was looking at that, and I was like, huh, I think we both agree Nightcrawler is pretty damn good. And then like we're flipped on the on the other two because I like Velvet Buzzsaw, and I thought Roman J. Israel was just fine to okay. Whereas I know you think Roman J. Israel Esquire is a masterpiece, and you think uh Velvet Buzzsaw is a bag mm-hmm. of water. I think Velvet Buzzsaw's fine. I I don't think it's great, yeah. but I think it's fine. I think Roman J. Israel Esquire. I think that's a that's a fucking movie. I gotta watch it again. I think I think I was just a little tired at the time, and I need to give it a little something more. So watch it through the lens, real quick, before we go back. Watch it through the lens of this is a movie that is trying, not trying, but is like attempting to be a old school moral dilemma Hollywood movie. I think you might enjoy it a little bit more. Oh, there's an interesting idea. Um, also, Julia, I also bought Raw by Julia DeCarno. Yeah, fucking what a movie. Dude, I'll tell oh, you this. I can't actually wait for... my number one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised that's not on your list. I, I was going to say, I, um... I forgot. I like went to see that the first week it was out. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that actually we might have co-number ones this year. Like I keep thinking about mm. that movie and I can't wait for January 18th because I'm going to buy that movie outright and just rewatch it again. Because I feel like I'm going to get I feel like that movie could slowly build over the decade and just kind of hold that spot. Yeah, I'm definitely going to build buy that movie on um, February 1st. Is that when it comes out? I'm not buying, not buying anything in January. No. That's, Why? What's going on in January? I promised to not to do a no buy in January. <laughs> to spend no buy January. 
Yeah, that's fair. Well, let's get back to it. Lewin is kind of a guy who it was funny, too. I I locked into this because she texted me at one point. She's like, does he have a home? And I was like, no, I don't think he does. I think he's just kind of a vagabond. Which I think now you're because there's two moments where like they offer they ask him his address and he's like he doesn't have one. Um, he yeah he's living like I think he's kind of living that like hardcore, you know, uh, you know the the college, the like. I used to have a joke about in, when I did stand up that um. I'm I'm houseless, but I'm not like ha- like dangerous houseless. I'm like college freshman houseless, where it's like, yeah, I dropped out of school. Yeah, I don't really have a job, but I'm mostly just like staying with some friends right now, um, like that type of homeless. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Lewin Davis is also that kind of homeless, where it's like, yeah, you know, I you know I got responsibilities, you know, just kind of kicking kicking around some things right now. You know, just, just trying to figure some stuff out. Yeah, he stays with several different people, including his Upper West Side, his Upper West Side friends, and of course Jim and Gene, who are played by Justin Timberlake and Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan in an almost unrecognizable wig. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan, when she pops up, I'm like, oh right, Carrie Mulligan's like I totally forgot. I'm like, who's this promising young woman? And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's the woman promising. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, let's also not forget, once again, almost like the last movie, this time, I have almost forgotten one of the most important characters, the cat. Kit. Little kit. Um, that cat's yes. great. A plus. Um, little adventure cat. Yeah, he... He because he, he stays because that's the beautiful thing, too. She like that was the other thing, because she had never seen this movie last night. And at one point she's like, wait, is the movie starting over? Did I fall asleep or something? And I'm like, no, no, just wait for it, because the movie starts at a weird place and ends at a and ends at the same place. Like this movie starts mm-hmm. at the end, which is such a clever trick it does with its like storytelling narrative mm-hmm. with him getting his ass kicked. Yeah, it, it really is like just a matter <laughs> You're a funny boy. Oh, he deserves <laughs> not to it, be though. like this, but not to be like this. But any movie that starts with a character with the character getting his ass kicked, and then rewinds to show you yeah, why show he's getting where. his ass kicked, you're like a plus. Yeah, it's immediately bumped up at least I think a quarter to half a star, depending on the execution mm-hmm. of the showing of the ass kicking. And once you mm-hmm. get there, you're like, oh yeah, he totally deserved to get punched in the fucking oh, face. Oh yeah. Yeah, he oh, was yeah. not a good guy. So let's run down some of the problems in Lewin's life. He's homeless, and mm-hmm. he accidentally let the Gorefine's cat out of their apartment. Mm-hmm. And I'd say most importantly, uh, his good friend Jean, who hates him, is pregnant. And it could be Lewin's because she had sex with him. And to top it all off, his best friend, who's also his partner in singing, uh, killed himself recently. So it's it's been a rough month slash year for Lewin Davis. It's, you know, and it here's the thing. By the course of this movie, it's only going to get worse. It's really, really true. It's all down here from here. So, yeah, 
yeah, it's really not great. So, I mean, the movie's kind of just about his existence in this one week, and it's beautifully handled. And like, like I said, you get people who come in and out and just play for like five minutes, and they just destroy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just People just pop into this movie and just give an all-time performance, and then just they're like, goodbye. Like, I never thought Justin Timberlake would climb above, like, what he does in the social network. But damn if he's not the most charming, likable human being in this movie. I, I mean, the what's so hard is he's being the, the, the best scene of the movie. I'm going to say I'm just going to say my favorite scene um, is the 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 fucking dear Mr. Kennedy. Oh, <laughs> Well, it's it's just it's just watching Adam Driver's face explore that scene where he's just like outer space, space. outer space. Um. <laughs> who's Alfred? Mi- who's Alfred Midigan? Oh, that's me. I'm going to change it legally eventually. <laughs> oh. Oh, like his whole thing in he that scene destroys. is he's in the so movie good. five minutes. He's in the movie five minutes and maybe puts up like seven points on the board just by like just being like just like one after another. Just every time they're doing that song, it's so good. Oh, and also geez. too, I'll say it too. You talk about JT, the look on his face when he when he asks him, he goes, "Who wrote this?" And he goes, "I did." And like then they start to play, and the look on his face is like, "Hey man, that kind of hurt." Who wrote this crap? I did. Go ahead and fuck my girl all you want, but leave the music alone. It didn't do anything to Listen, you. I might be a cuck, but I can write a goddamn pop hook, okay? It's a fucking good song. Like, it's a it's fucking a really catchy song. And it's the best, it, like, I remember when that happened, and I was like, I don't know if the movie can recover from this, like, because that scene is just so funny. I mean, it's the movie does, scene. like, the movie does. Like, it's a good middle of the, you know what it is? It's a good wake you up moment in the movie. Because it is a sleepy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but I think it's like intentionally kind of sleepy. Let me let me ask you this: What is Lewin's biggest piece of shit moment? Because I think I have oh. just to know what yours is. Oh. I mean, he he gets beat up for it, but him just like seeing that old lady trying to perform at the gaslight and just fucking immediately, like not even letting her start. <laughs> Just fucking starts yelling at her. Ugh, it's like just so. Ugh. So you think that's worse than trying no. to get the money from Jim to get an abortion for Gene? Yeah, no, that's definitely worse. Yeah, yeah, but the the ragging the old woman is pretty high up there too. I think both of those are. An, it's just an old lady with like a fucking like just like a, it's a, fine. A mandolin, I think. Yeah, like. I understand why you're mad because you're mad at that situation because you're mad at the fucking owner, the manager who's also had sex with Gene. But like, don't take it out of this poor old lady for no reason. But it's also, true. the like the scene where he's in the car with John Goodman. John Goodman's a prick. I'm sorry. I'm not. No. I'm not giving. No, no, no. I'm not giving. When, Lewin Davis like, is the only person right in that car. You're not, you're not wrong, but like when I think doesn't something happen where he like overdoses? Yeah, 
He, go, he, he just finds like, him in the bathroom all passed out and he goes and grabs Garrett Hedlund. He goes, I don't think he's okay. And like Garrett Hedlund goes, no, he's going to be all right. Like, because I've seen this before. Oh, John Goodman, another one who just shows up and you're like, God, you are playing just the most vicious asshole for like five minutes. Oh, uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's all rough. You know, won't sing with a cat. You queer? <laughs> like you're just like, God damn, you're off putting. You bring your cock too. It's not like playing an ukulele. C G D, and you're just like, God damn, like someone is gonna kick your ass. I love the threat he puts on Lewin Davis. He's like, he goes, I practice Santeria, something you would call the black arts. <laughs> Goodman's so good in this. And, like, once again, too, like, it's a question of, like, why are those characters in this movie? But by the time you reach the conclusion of this movie, it doesn't really matter. Like, no. they're there because they're supposed to be there. Because this is just him interacting with life. And by the end of the movie, you realize, like, all the things that kind of make up this guy. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's, it's a great movie. Like, I... It's one of my favorite soundtracks, too. Like, it's an incredible soundtrack. <sighs> I, have you ever listened to any people? There are people who are, like, um, really big Dave Van Rolk fans who kind of don't like the movie because they think that Lewin Davis is supposed to be, like, some sort of jab at him and i don't think i don't think there's any real overlap um other than they took some of van rolk's life and then built upon it to make a completely different person yeah i mean i i don't know dave van rolk so i don't really know i if it is i don't think it is this movie this movie is a pretty great portrait of a character who could probably be an amalgamation of several people. But I, I think it's good. I don't think at any point does it feel like they're playing Lewin Davis for a fool. I think it's a movie about a guy who kind of came into a business at a time where it was changing. And he kind of had, I think he has the talent. I just don't think he has the right way about going about distributing that talent. Yeah. Um, I, I think when F. Murray, it's F. Murray Abraham goes, I don't see a whole lot of money here. Um, I don't know. I can kind of see why he says that. You think so? Like, I don't, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, do I think Lewin Davis is good and could put out some good albums? Yeah. Do I think those albums would sell a lot? Probably not. Even at the time when, like, folk is king, like, I, I don't really see him as, like, being a huge pop star. Maybe. I mean, like, you've never heard of Dave Van Rolk. No, that's true. Have you heard of, like, many of the folk artists of the 60s? No, I don't think so. Probably not. Like, you've heard of Bob Dylan, because Bob Dylan is the guy. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, sometimes sometimes people are, like, runaways. It's true. Some people, some people are like, like me, like, hey, Dave Van Rolk's got some bangers. Yeah, and some people just kind of fade away into existence. But it's all about what you do in that time, I think. Mm -hmm. That really that really makes or breaks you. 
I still think uh, I'm putting an L let's... in his name. His name is Dave Van Ronk. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, I could see that being a thing. Well, uh, leads me to ask the question of... Hmm. Um, what do you, like, how do you feel about the structure of this movie? I think it's one of the Coen's, like, most concise, like, least fat on the bone, which is saying a lot for, you know, for them. But I think it's, like, one of the ones where it's just like, yeah, this is pretty straightforward. It's, it's, there's real, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it in many ways is... I would say like they're probably their most concise movie. I know I just circled back. Can you edit that to make that sound uh, less bad? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, I think it's their most concise movie. I think it's the one with the the least amount of like fat on its bones. Yeah, for more for their it's it was funny too because she said to me. She said to me, she goes, wow, there's a lot of people in this movie. I said, yeah, this is post Oscar win Cohen's like she, like they can get anyone they want at this moment. But you are correct for a movie that like where they could be a little more indulgent with their time. They actually do keep this movie moving at a pretty good clip. And I think it's almost two hours long, if I'm not mistaken. It's it's close. Yeah, it, I think it's like one fifty, one hour, 40, maybe. At the bare minimum. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like. Yeah, I don't I don't even know how to put it. Like, it's one of those things where you're just sitting there and you're like, damn, like this is this is really well paced for like nearly two hours. Like and you I don't know, you just you feel good about like where the journey takes you. And also you don't feel cheated that like you kind of didn't know what was going on at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, every, I, I, name name a bad person in it, too. Like name someone who's actually like not good in this movie, because I don't think. There oh, is. I was going to say. Uh, the cat sometimes it seems like a louse. I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> He's like, I did everything they asked me to, and they gave me tuna. The goes, only thing I think is I, the only thing I think trips me up about this movie, the real like the only like major negative I have in this movie is the like hammering home of like Bob Dylan. Like sliding doors of like one person rising while another person's falling. Like, I get it. I get it. But like, we know who Bob Dylan is. We know Bob Dylan's coming and gonna blow everybody out of the water. Like, come on. You know what? I mean, I don't, dis- I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, like, yes, you do kind of have to do that at certain points. Like, at certain points you have to like kind of like what's what's the word i'm looking for here like there's a line in um there's a line in um fuck what is it called oh what is it called um there's a line in oh help a brother out here what's that movie i don't know what you're i don't know what you're talking about what are you talking about who directed it oh god yeah no sorry Tell me what we were just talking about again. We were talking about oh, the Bob Dylan oh, scene. Oh yeah, no. Sometimes you have to spoon the spoon feed spoon feed things to people 
because you need to have those people understand where you're coming from. And yes, most people will know this is the time of Dylan, but you have a bunch of like fucking people who only know how to look at their phones and not know how to pay attention where you have to make it kind of obvious. And it's only like for, tw- it's only like for like a few frames. Do you see Dylan there? And you're like, Oh, okay. It, I know what's going it, it is. But like, you also lampshade it by being like, Oh, there's this kid and fucking New York times is going to be there. And I'm like, you're talking about Bob Dylan. Like, Oh, see, I never I put together know. that the New York Times was going to be there. Like, I never yeah, put together that like, was because of Dylan. Like, I never thought that I never put that together. I thought it was just like a coincidence. And like, she was going to go fuck that guy to help out Lewin. Because I think she does care for Lewin in a certain sense. Ah, uh, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Why would I she feel fuck like... him then? That's the part I don't understand. No, yeah, no, she does. Like, yeah, she does care about Lewin. Obviously. <sighs> Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. I wonder. Yeah. I just, the Dylan thing, it always trips me up because I'm just like, you don't need it. Like, I know why it's there. It's, but it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They were going to have to bring up. Yeah. I think it was one of those things where they're going to have to bring up Dylan because that's what people know of the scene, right? He's just uh-huh. too big of a cultural force outside of it that you, you can't, like, ignore him. Um, and I feel like any way of bringing up Bob Dylan is intrusive um, to the story they're telling. And I think they went with the least intrusive way. Yeah, I guess that's very true. I mean, it's such an it's such an interesting idea too because like you do have to kind of like let people know yeah I don't know it is one of those maybe it is one of, it is probably the weakest point of the movie but I still don't think it deters from how good this movie actually is no yeah no, it, and yeah 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 and you know we're all looking forward to the next movie these two guys make together not not the one coming out soon because that's only one of them but. I hope they make another movie together. I I, I do hope they make another movie together. I think uh, Joel just... Is it Joel? That's the one who's taking a break, right? No, Ethan's taking a break. Joel's making Tragedy of Macbeth. Mm. You know, I hope it's just one of those things where one of them just didn't want to do Macbeth. Yeah, it's probably true. Just like, oh, you're doing Macbeth? Mm, interesting. Okay, well, I'll bow out. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you on the next one, dude. You can make this one. Yeah, I mean, it could just be like, it's like, well, that's not really us. It could also be a thing, too, where it's like, well, that's not really us writing. Like, that's mm-hmm. more of a that's more of a kind of already written out sort of thing. So, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see on the next we'll one. See. Like I said, I've they've heard... said it's they've said it's nothing bad. I've heard interesting things. Yeah, it's not like a falling out. It's just like I think I literally think one is just tired. <laughs> He said he wanted to do some plays or something, too, which I'm like, yeah, let them. They've done enough right now. They've got, like, I think, like, 17, like, pretty good to great movies, like, in their career. They've never made, like, a really bad movie. Like, even, like, the worst Coen Brothers movie is kind of watchable in some ways. Um, Yeah, it's definitely not one of those things where it's like Joel is finally getting back at Ethan for for writing The Naked Man. I don't know what that is. G- good. <laughs> Did Ethan Cohen write a, bo- a script on his own? Yeah, he wrote a script called The Naked Man, which is directed by J. Todd Anderson. My dog is barking. Hold on. 
I hear him. Okay, there we go. Did you give him a paradigm it, shift? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I did an RKO from the top rope. I know we're not supposed actually, to make. You know what WWE actually would jokes. work for him? Yeah, we're only an AEW. <laughs> We're an AEW okay. jokes okay. I'll, podcast. I'll fix, run it back. I'll fix the joke. I did a diamond cutter. There we go. I was going to say, you know what actually you could do on him? Gotch style pile driver. <laughs> no, it's a stump stump style pile driver. That's where I oh, put, my, put the arms between the legs. It's a good one. So it's definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I guess you have questions for me. I, yeah, you. I, yeah, you're the one. You're you. You do it. What's the elevator pitch for this? Do you want to see a post Cohen Oscars win movie that proves that they have not lost a step, even though they've made some interesting choices in between No Country for Old Men and this? They're all still solid movies, but this one is a real step up to show you like they can still make that lean mean like movie where you're just like, damn, if this is not the best filmmaking I'm gonna see this year, then what is? That would be inside Lewin Davis. Do you want to see a movie that is one notch below the man who wasn't there on my list? Did you find your list or something? No, I was I was looking through the filmography and I was like, what's the funniest? What's the funniest movie that's on my that's like higher than Inside Lewin Davis for me? Yeah, that's a. You I like love the man, man who wasn't. There. I really like yeah. the man who wasn't there. Though. I remember I like, when I saw I that, that and I was 10, like, if he hasn't so. seen this yet, I was like, here it is. It's, I think it's in my top four. I think it was on my my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you had you had a very interesting one, if I remember for that. And let's see, Ugh. what did I pair oh, this with? Oh my god! Inside the Wood Davis is my number three. Maybe it was yours. It was on my list. Yeah, or maybe I I, I might have switched. No, I think. Okay, I'm looking at my my secret ranking, like my ranking of the full. Um, I think I switched it out because I knew it was on your list for the man who wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, I think that is what went down. Yeah. Uh, what would I pair Inside Lewin Davis with? What's a movie that's kind of like this? Almost Famous is coming to mind, but I don't know why. I don't want to compare the Coens with, with uh, Cameron Crowe. I feel that's really insulting. The only it's... thing they share is a first letter in their last name. The only one I think it would be not insulting to um, to uh, is, is like the only one that I think would not be insulting is like Fast Times Road High. With this, it wouldn't make sense. I'm just saying it's the it's his best work. I mean, wait, it's whose best work? Cameron Crowe's. Oh, he wrote that movie. That doesn't count. Yes, it like, does. Well, no, it counts because he wrote it. But like, yeah, I mean, like you got to drag those performances out of people, and that's all. That's all her. What's her name? Amy Heckerling. Uh, that's all Amy, Amy Heckerling. Heckerling. Yeah. Yeah. I so um, I looked up folk movies in hopes to find uh, something to help you with, and all I got were like folk horror. But man, a double bill where it's inside Lewin Davis and Midsommar, well, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, I, I don't think we're <laughs> inside Lewin Davis and the Wicker Man. Yeah. The Nicolas Cage version. Yeah. The no, bees! I think, I think... At the bees! 
I maintain, dude, the HBO cut of that movie makes that so much better. It's a good movie. Yeah. That's not a good movie. It's it's an interesting movie. It's it's a it's a grand fail. Like yeah, it's, it's one of those where you're just like, boy, did you see how hard he missed the ball? Like I think he pulled a shoulder. And yet this year, I have a strong belief that I think Nicolas Cage should win an Oscar. So who's who's to say what's anything? What do you give this? You didn't pair it with anything, motherfucker. Yeah, no, I told you. No, I told you. I'm sticking with uh. I'm sticking with what do you call it? Uh, almost famous. Okay, all right, you're going with almost famous. Okay, I I'm gonna okay, I'm over here and I'm gonna pair it with uh, Valerie and her Week of Wonders because that's what popped up when I typed in folk movies. What do you give this? I give this a solid four and a half out of five. Yeah, it's exactly where I'm at. It's a four and a half. It's a really watchable movie, and you know it, it's a great. You picked two really great road movies. I thank you. I did. I was looking for any type of theme that I could find. <laughs> and I found one. <laughs> you did. You did, buddy. You found one. And we're all very proud of you. Almost as proud as we're going to be next week. And actually, it's not going to be next week, guys. It's going to be two weeks from now because he's got to finish up with class. And frankly, I've still got some movies to watch. I, I never have to finish up with class. I have the man's entire filmography I've got to watch. And you're wondering to yourself, well, who could that man be? They've done Paul Thomas Anderson. They've done Wes Anderson. They're all out of Andersons. Ha ha! You would be wrong. Because there's still a man out there named Paul W.S. Anderson. That's right, you sons of bitches. You didn't think we were going to do it, but we did. We're going to review all of his movies. Why don't we go through those movies real quick, Tyler? You didn't think we would pull the pin on the grenade, did you? But here we are, staring at a live grenade. It's been 30 episodes building to this since we came up with this idea on episode 100 off the air. I was like, what do we do next? I was like, what about Paul Thomas Anderson and Wes Anderson? And then his little ass was like, yeah, only if you do Paul W.S. Anderson, too. And I'm like, that's a joke for nobody. Let's do it. <laughs> and I got to tell you, after watching a bunch of these movies, I'm actually kind of in on this guy a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to explain to my father. I'm like, I'm like, he's like a journeyman filmmaker of blockbusters. <laughs> and my dad goes what do you mean i'm like before they knew how to craft a universe around a movie this guy was kind of making just one-offs like yeah and it kind of works yeah he's <laughs> just like what if resident evil there was no cohesive storyline <laughs> movie makes no fucking sense <laughs> what if it well, was just all thoughts what if it was just all vibes and no thoughts yeah that's really him well let's go through his movies and we start in 1994 with a movie that I have not seen but recently purchased and will be watching called Shopping. Is that movie available anywhere, Ben? <laughs> available on DVD, and I'll make you a copy and send it to you digitally. All right. Cut that Sweet. out. <laughs> Tyler's going to look for Shopping. Um, he follows that up with the 1995 fantasy martial arts action film M -M -M Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! And then in 1997, he takes us to space with one of the weirdest sci-fi horror movies I've ever seen, Event Horizon. And then he follows that up with a movie that has a terrible poster, Soldier. Uh, I don't know if that poster's so terrible. I think that's it works a, that's from a, here. That's a weird movie. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleep this out, but uh, that movie is Space Shane. I know you're kind of excited now, aren't you? Oh, 
You just, you just sold six consecutive tickets of me going back and seeing Space Shame. I just can't wait till I get your text message that just has a picture of you buying six copies of Soldier on Amazon for like $12 <laughs> each. And I'm like, well, he said he would do it. So, you know, he's not a liar. Buddy, um, I could walk into any Dollar Tree in America and walk out with a Soldier DVD, all right? Probably very true. And in 2002, he makes a little movie called Resident Evil, which, is, as we said before, has no cohesive plot. It's all, it's all vibes, no thoughts. Yeah. Um, he follows it up with the movie I'm, I'm going to assume, I think is the most watch of his, uh, uh, Alien versus Predator. And you know, it's followed right there by, unfortunately, a movie that I think is mo- maybe one of his most underviewed movies, Death Race. It's good, right? Fucking Death Race rules. It's good, right? It's so much fun. Like, there's a moment in that movie that we're going to be bringing. Well, maybe we we don't know. But what does he do next? He does Resident Evil Afterlife. I think that's the fourth one in the series. I think so because he he writes but and produces Apocalypse and um writes and produces Extinction and then gets back yeah with Afterlife. Yep yep yep. Yeah. And he has a little break in between the Resident Evil movies because in 2011 he does the Three Musketeers. <laughs> yep, that's a movie we'll be watching. Uh yes it will. Um uh, he does a one on one off for the rest of the um for the rest of his run uh and follows that up with Resident Evil Retribution. Tyler, I got to tell you, Resident Evil Retribution kind of slaps. I'm I'm so excited for both of us to be Anderson Bill by the end of this. <laughs> I think I think it's going to happen after that. He does a movie that I have heard by several people say is a really bad movie. And I can't wait to watch Pompeii. Oh yeah. No, I, I remember watching like a third of that movie on, on TV one time. and just being like, wow, that's fucking terrible. Um, he follows that up with another resident evil movie, <laughs> resident evil, the final chapter. And finally, his most recent contribution is the 2020 movie starring his wife, Mila Shokovich, as so many do. Monster Hunter. I yeah, you know, I'm excited to watch Monster Hunter. I'm not gonna lie. Well, <laughs> best of luck. I've seen it, and <laughs> best I can tell you about that movie. Well, guys, for uh, two weeks from when this episode hits, that'll hit tonight, the fifth uh, of December. So, in two weeks, which will be the nineteenth of December, you guys will hear our Paul W. S. Anderson. Mount Rushmore of awesomeness. We'll be going through that. We'll be figuring it out. And I have a feeling it's going to be our most diverse and odd episode. I, I really think since it's kind of close to the holiday, maybe we should, maybe we should drink or something during this episode. <laughs> I, I just, I love the idea of doing an auteur whose average, <laughs> this average Metacritic rating is 41 out of a hundred. They're fucking wrong, though, because some of these movies, like, at moments, really fucking work. Like, I'm already looking at my four, and I'm like, you know, though, there's a couple of things that could make arguments. Listen, I I think we're going to walk out of this being, like, kind of defenders of Paul Thomas Anderson, because I know I already sort of like his stuff. Dude, I'm kind of excited to watch Shopping. Like, his first movie kind of looks, like, a little rough and gritty, and I'm like, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, he's also, it's also, like, I don't know, very clear that he's a director that knows where to put a fucking camera, unlike a lot of directors they, nowadays. They keep hiring him. I really do think he is going to be that guy where we're like, is he the underrated Anderson? Maybe. By the way, guys, none of these people are 
related. We're just doing this as a joke. It's not like no. it's not like these three are brothers who are all mildly successful or all successful no. in their own rights. No. What happened was is is you were like, let's do Paul Anderson and then let's do Wes Anderson. And I was like, yes, but if only we follow up with Paul with W.S. Anderson. <laughs> it is the joke that keeps paying off. Uh, well, guys, you can follow us at TWGTFPod on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at ETCritic on Twitter and at MovieLovingLucha87 on Instagram. See what I'm up to there. And you guys can follow Tyler a bunch of different places. I mean, I know where they are. You guys will have to figure it out on your own. But Tyler, where can they follow you? Oh, they can follow me to the uh, Gaslight... Uh, fucking whatever that name, that place that's called. Um... Where I will be singing Cocaine Blues. And for TWGTF2 White Guys Talking Film, I've of course been your host, Ben. And I've been Lewin Davis. And remember, guys, if you come to our little video store around or our little video box around the way, and you see a guy uh, playing there and he gets off stage and someone else comes up and he starts razzing him, well, stop that guy because, you know, he's interrupting the other talent and it's about art. Au revoir. Talking, 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 talking film. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. One second, please. Please, Mr. Kennedy. Up on. I don't want to go. Don't show me in the outer space. Oh, please. Please, Mr. Kennedy. Up on. I don't want to go. Don't show me in the outer space.